0: Okay, let's see if this puppy works. My recording device was not working well. It was going on the blitz. Okay, I show it is now on and it is working. But anyway, um, thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. Um, I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan and today is episode 72. And today we're going to take a look at chapter 16 in the Book of Exodus. And we're going to take a look at one, maybe two verses. And you're probably thinking, well, that doesn't seem like a very long time. Well, here's the thing. These verses are very packed with so much into them. It's very interesting because the Bible is full of so much history. It is very fascinating to me. I very much love it. So let's take a look at this. I'm reading from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Again, chapter 16, verse 1 of Exodus. It says they set up from Elam and all the congregation of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they left the land of Egypt. The first thing that got my attention about this verse, and this had never gotten my attention before, of all the times I've read the Bible, it says, And all the congregation of Israel. Notice it said all. Not a few, not some, not most, not the majority. It says all the congregation of Israel. So all of Israel left Egypt. Like they were in unity in that. They wanted out of there. They knew that they could have a better future, but only with God on their side and only if they lived in the holiness of God. Now to live in the holiness of God, that doesn't mean that you join a nuttery or um, a convent or something like that. It, you know, you don't join a monastery Because locking yourself away behind closed doors is not serving God's purpose. Even though it looks like humility and it looks like you're being religious, it's not. It's really not a good thing to be a hermit. In fact, it's very horrible for the human spirit, and that's not how the human body was designed. We were not designed to be hermits and to be reclusive or seclusive. You know, we long for fellowship. Whether you are Christian or atheist or agnostic or Buddhist or whatever, You know, everybody loves to talk to somebody. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be popular and have a bunch of friends on Facebook to recognize that, hey, you know, people want to go out and meet each other and get to know other people. So what's interesting is that this verse says all the congregation of Israel. So again, no one was left behind. And what's interesting is that when the Israelites left Egypt, it wasn't just them that left. There were other peoples that were given the opportunity and the, and the option to leave Egypt as well. Because there were different types of slaves in Egypt. Now the highest population density of slaves there in Egypt at that time was the Israelites. But what's interesting is that none of the Israelites stayed behind in Egypt. I mean, just think about, like they didn't have feminists, they didn't have Marxists, they didn't have communists. Um, they didn't have fascists, they didn't have, oh, what are the other ones, Stalinism, they didn't have Leninism, like those kinds of governments and that kind of thinking did not exist, um, not only because um, it would have gone against God's law and still goes against God's law, but no one thought that way back then, That that just wasn't how it was. And I imagine that if someone did think that way, I don't think it would be very popular because... Every single one of those things I just mentioned very much tries to just prove and suppress and oppress the Bible. And also targets Christians, which are God's holy people. Like, we are God's people. So, needless to say, as a congregation of God's people, we need to stick together. And if someone's not doing some, if someone is not doing something correctly, excuse me, then we need to have the courage to call them out on it. In a good, kind, decent manner. In fact, that's what we're supposed to do. And that's what the Bible says to do. And I mention this because it's very important for us to be a part of a good congregation, not a bad congregation. And I'll I'll use myself as an example in terms of waking up to this fact. So as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I was very miserable in my faith for years. Basically for the majority of my life at this point in time. Which is very sad to say that year after year, month after month, day after day, I was just miserable in terms of my faith. And so, um, you know, when I actually took it up with God and asked him about it, he told me, he spoke to my heart and said, you're in the wrong church. This is why you're miserable. I knew that I was raised in the wrong church. You know, I knew that I was being raised in a cult. And so I left. And then I by accident joined a different cult and did not realize it until it was too late and several years had passed. But once I did realize it, I, I, I immediately changed. I mean, I, I, I would say that I immediately started looking for other churches, but I slowly distanced myself away from the current cult that I, that I was in at that time. Because I did not want it to be obvious that I was leaving because I didn't want them to follow me anywhere. I don't mean that like a stalker situation, but sometimes when people are obsessed with their religion, they don't think anybody should leave. And so I just want people to, I don't mean this negatively, but I kind of just wanted them to not care about me anymore. That way I could leave peacefully and just go to a different church. And so when I woke up to the fact that I was in a bad church, I was in a bad congregation, it was cult-like yet again, immediately in my heart and in my soul and in my mind, I checked out. And I started looking for another church to attend. And I slowly distanced myself away from the people that I knew and knew really well in that church I was in that wasn't so good. You know, there are times that you need to make a definitive end. You know, you need to say, hey, I'm not coming here anymore. I don't want to see you anymore. You know, there there are times that you do need to say that. But for me, I did it very gradually. So that way it would not be obvious. Because I still have, you know, I would say some acquaintances. I wouldn't say we're friends anymore. But I do still have some acquaintances in this other church. And I wanted to be kind and respectful to them. But I also wanted to take care of my heart and my soul because God spoke to my heart and my soul directly, not audibly, but just to my spirit and answered my question really quick as to why I was miserable and said, you know, he said, you're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong congregation. You need to go elsewhere. And I just thought, wow, that was really blunt of God. But that's good. And, you know, unfortunately, the word blunt, um, at least in the American society and our culture, has come to mean something very negative. And, you know, to be blunt is not negative. It's just saying it like it is, like you're just, you know, direct and to the point. Because our society here in the United States has gotten so politically correct, it's like we can't hardly say anything anymore. And so sometimes I I catch myself having to apologize. Well, you know, I'm just blunt. I'm just saying it like it is. And it's like, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not the problem. And if you're blunt and say it like it is, just like me, let me tell you, you are not the problem. These super sensitive idiots and morons are the problem. These ones that are politically correct are the problem. See, because there's the thing God is not politically correct, He's just correct. So if we are going to be believers in Christ Jesus and if we are going to worship the one true God, then we cannot be or desire to be politically correct. Like we shouldn't care. That doesn't mean that we're not mannerly and that, you know, that we're not respectful. It means that we just say it like it is and let the chips fall where they land. Because people are so super sensitive these days, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. But I think that it's important for us to be who God wants us to be. And when we are politically correct, we are not who God wants us to be. Because none of the good people in the Bible, the ones that actually worship God, none of them were politically correct. Can you imagine what would have happened if Moses had gone to Pharaoh on God's orders and instead of just saying what God wanted him to say, he, he spoke in a politically correct manner. If Moses had done that, the Israelites would have never gotten out of Egypt. Never. Because instead of saying what God wants them wants to say... How to I describe this? Instead of saying what God wants to say, they would have just been tippy-toeing around the issue that Pharaoh is oppressing and suppressing God's people. Well, Pharaoh, I don't mean to offend you, but this is what our God says, and I know this might hurt your feelings. Who cares? Just say it like it is and move on. That is exactly what God's holy word does. You know, we have a responsibility to be true. And sometimes I wonder... Who do people really worship? Because if you're being true to God's holy word, then you're not going to act like how the world acts. And you're not going to speak or sound like how the world is. But if you are politically correct, you are wrong. If you are correcting people's speech all the time because, you know, you want to control what pronouns they use, you are the problem. Not the person who doesn't have a clue what you're talking about, or maybe they don't want to know what you're talking about. A pronoun is a pronoun. You know, I was at a meeting not too long ago where this young woman, and and, I'm not saying I'm old or anything, but I'm 38. She's probably in her early 20s. She actually corrected people in front of everybody about what pronouns she wants people to use when describing her and the conversation had nothing to do about her or her sexuality or pronouns like it was just a i guess a general discussion but she made a point to stand up when she was called on or whatever and she didn't even have to stand up she could just stay seated like everybody else but she made a point to stand up stick out her chest and you know she acted like Trudeau up from Canada and, and, like, my mouth dropped. And here's the thing. This girl had done this before. She, she would do this in almost every single meeting. She would correct people and make it very uh, clear what pronouns she wants people to use. And we weren't even talking about her. Like, her, her biology, her sexuality, her anatomy, uh, I mean, her feminism or her masculine, masculinity, whatever word you want to use, it had nothing to do with the conversation, And so needless to say, me and some of the older women, I'm not like old or anything, but we would just roll our eyes whenever she would get up and talk because it was so insulting. See, here's the thing. That's political correctness. Political correctness is a lie straight out of the depths of hell because political correctness claims that it unifies people when it does not. It suppresses people, which is why I think this verse really stood out to me in this day and age. Because now we have political correctness on steroids. It's insane. And so whenever I read this verse, it says they set up from Elam, and all the congregation of Israel came to the wilderness. I I was just like, wow, all of them? Not a single one stayed behind? You know, Not a single one threw a hissy fit? Not a single one of them was a Marxist? Not a single one of them was a feminist? Not a single one of them was burning their bra? Of course, they didn't have bras back then. Bras were not invented, I think, until like the 1800s or 1900s. Um, The ones that we wear today, I don't think, were invented until the 20th century. Um, But my point is this. The entire population of the Israelites was unified. There were probably a little over a million slaves that were released or freed um, from Egypt. Like That's a lot of people to be unified. I think that's amazing because how much unity do you see in the United States these days? I mean, true unity, not this hashtag me too, you too, they too, binary too, feminist too. I mean, like, it's just, you know, being unified is not a hashtag movement. It's either, it's either you really care to be a part of something or you don't. And, you know, what's really interesting is that I meet Christians, they're not completely fake, but they're not completely true. So, there was this meeting I I was at, and I was sitting at a table with several women, and, you know, they had little kids. I don't have any kids yet, but they're talking about how they took their kids to see, I guess, the most recent Toy Story movie. And there was a little bit of homosexuality in it at the beginning because they had like a lesbian couple that were toys. And my mouth just dropped. I was like, you took your kids to that? And she's like, well, you know, it was just a small part of the movie. And I didn't think the kids would notice. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Children notice everything. Like, they're sponges. They absorb everything. You have to be careful what your children watch. And these were ladies um, that I was having, I guess, lunch with or something at church. And I was like, well, did you know that scene was going to be in there? And she goes, well, I had read some reviews that some parents were upset. I was like, and you still took your children to that? And this woman, she came up with all these excuses. Well, it's for a birthday party. Well, it's Disney or it's Pixar or or whatever. Well, it's Toy Story. Well, it talks about the beginnings of Buzz Lightyear. I'm like, really? That's more important than teaching your children the truth about life, about God's holy word. I was just like in shock. I was like, wow. So there's so many Christians that they don't stand up against homosexuality, against bad companies that produce this trash, which, you know what? If Walt Disney were still alive Oh my goodness, none of these sexualistic cartoons or movies would have ever come out. Like they would have never been produced, never. Walt Disney was very conservative, and he valued the traditional family. Disney, yes, they have some good films, and sometimes it's really funny, but there's always some kind of sexual agenda, and they're trying to push that onto children. You know, let me put it this way, and I'll close with this. Let's say, for example, Disney and Pixar existed back when the Israelites um, were in the wilderness. I know this is far-fetched and you know kind of extreme, but you know, let's say, for example, the Israelites allowed their children to watch these cartoons that have homosexuality in it. And homosexuality is considered normal, acceptable, and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's, it doesn't go against God's law. It doesn't cause problems in society. Let's say they believe all that. Here's the thing, do you really think the Israelites um, would have been seen as favorable in God's eyes, and do you think they would have ever made it into the promised land if they had believed the lies of the devil in regards to homosexuality, just thinking, oh, it's okay, it doesn't hurt anything, oh, it's just a little bit of homosexuality. You You know, our children don't really notice stuff like that. You know, the Bible is very clear about how we are supposed to raise our children, and it's All of our children, because right here, this verse says, and all the congregation of Israel. You know, what's interesting is that every time the Israelites disobeyed God, that was either another day or another year they had to spend in the desert. It prevented them from getting into the promised land, and it was their choice. See, we make choices what we allow into our lives and what we teach our children. So if we are going to be true Christians, we need to be very careful what we watch, what we read, and what we allow our children to watch or read. You know, what's really sad is that Disney and Pixar, they act like they can just do whatever they want. Why? Because they have given permission to do whatever they want. Parents are not calling them out. Churches are not calling them out on this stuff. And, you know, and I'll close with this. I can't remember if I had a Netflix um subscription or if it was on Paramount Plus. I can't remember which one. But I really wanted to watch a cartoon. I think it was like a Thursday or Friday night. And so I saw a um a Pixar film. I can't remember what it was called, but it was about um storks that went from delivering babies to delivering mail or packages. And so um they accidentally let a request go through this machine that um, allowed or created a baby, and it was supposed to be delivered, but yet they don't deliver babies anymore. And so one slipped through the cracks. A baby was created, and so the storks were trying to hide this, I guess, from the CEO or whatever of this you know, fictitious company or whatever. And so they're like, well, we'll just deliver the baby, but we won't really tell anyone about it kind of thing. Well, long story short, of course, the company goes back to delivering babies. But what's really sick and disturbing, in this children's film, okay, it's a Pixar film, they actually showed babies getting delivered to homosexual couples. I was shocked. I was like, where does it end? Like, it is so disturbing. It is so sick. I was not expecting that. I was expecting something normal, traditional, conservative like the normal family like you have a mom and a dad, one male, one female. No. They had a couple different same-sex couples in this movie in in a kids animation film. I was so disgusted. And plus they didn't show this part till like the very end. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, now I'm never going to forget all this other stuff in this movie and now this movie is ruined for me." because it's just a homosexual agenda movie and it's geared at children. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the booket program um, within Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut used to have a really awesome booket program. And in case you don't know what that program is, it's where for every book that you read, you get to put a star on your booket pin that you wear, and if you collect enough stars, at least this is how it was back in the 80s, you know, when I was a child. And so um If you collected enough stars on your pin that you wore on your T-shirt, excuse me, your T-shirt, then you got a free personal pan pizza. Well, get this. Pizza Hut was trying to promote and kind of under the radar a drag queen, transgender, homosexual book for children to read in the Book It program. Mind you, these are books that are uh, geared at children in elementary school. Parents were furious. And I don't blame them. I was just like, wow, Pizza Hut? You've got to be kidding me. That is so grotesque and sick. And here's why it's grotesque and sick. The LGBTQ community, specifically homosexual males, they want to lower the age of consent to have sex with little boys, with minors. That is pedophilia. That is perverted behavior. That's why these homosexual men used to be called deviants because it deviates from normal sexual behavior. What kind of a man wants to have sex with other men and also little boys? Especially little boys that have not even reached puberty yet. That is disturbing. But yet we have Disney and Pixar and other, and other companies They're trying to make it seem like the homosexual lifestyle is normal, there's nothing wrong with it, it's okay, and if you disagree, you know, you have homophobia, you're you're a horrible person, and, you know, how dare you stand up for what you believe in. It's like, wow, pump the brake. We are one nation under God. We were not founded by homosexuals. We were not founded by Marxists. This country was not founded by fascists. (laughs) Even better, our country was not founded by feminists, especially these crazy feminists. And I'm not against feminism per se, but when it gets too radical and too weird, I'm like, pump the brake on that. Because feminism this day is, is based on Marxism. It's not what it used to be. Back in the day, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, all it was about was equal rights and equal pay. It wasn't crazy like it is now where it's we want to be able to abort a fetus even at nine months. Um, we we promote transgenderism, which is just mutilation of the body and is a form of eugenics, which then again, if you believe that abortion is OK, that obviously you would be OK with mutilation of somebody else's body. Now, just think about all those things I just mentioned that are just grotesque and weird and go against God's law. Think about this. If the Israelites had thought that any of that stuff that is going on today is appropriate and if they had practiced it and some of it they did practice, they would have never gotten into the promised land. Never. here's the thing. The Israelites, whenever they practiced homosexuality and some of these other things, they were punished by God because it goes against the laws of creation. It goes against God's law. So needless to say, I was shocked When I was sitting at this table at church, having lunch with these, you know, fellow church going women, that they didn't see anything wrong with this very sexually disturbing animation movie or whatever. You know, just because there's just a hint of it, oh, it's just a small segment of the movie, it's nothing. Really? Like, is just a little bit of sin okay? No, it's not. It's not okay. God is against every form of sin. He is against every type of sin. I don't know why there's some Christians that are so unbelievably weak and they fall for these, I don't know why, but they fall for stuff that just because it looks like it's for children, that it's okay. You know, it's so disturbing to me, well, so many things, but When parents aren't protecting their children the way they're supposed to. Because if the Israelites had not trained and raised their children in God's holy word, I don't know if we would have the Ten Commandments today. Like, I don't know if we would have any of the Old Testament. Because if memory serves correct, Moses was the one, I think, that wrote the first five books of the Bible. You know, the Old Testament is very clear that the Israelites, they are supposed to teach and train their children in the ways of God's law and to pass this down from generation to generation so that way your children and your people are blessed. Here's the thing. Why are people allowing others that are not Christian to raise their children and to teach them and to mold them into something else? Why are parents allowing Pixar and Disney to just put any kind of trash on the screen? I remember when I was a kid, and even a teenager, like a young teeny bopper, if there was a movie that my sister and I or my friends wanted to go see, if it was not appropriate, we did not go see it. Like my mother, she put her foot down on so many things. Our dad, he was kind of oblivious to whatever we would watch. Our mom was more um, involved in our life than our dad, per se. But if something was not appropriate... We didn't go see it. And our mom, she didn't allow us just to go see anything. Like if it said it was for children, it has to be for children. There cannot be any of this muck in there. But see, here's the thing. Whenever sinful behavior like homosexuality is normalized, it becomes the norm. And just because something is the norm, that doesn't mean that it is acceptable and holy to God because it is not. God is very serious about that in His holy word. We need to be careful about what we believe, what we practice, and how we live our life. You know, not to be penalized or punished by God, but to live in the blessing of God. But to to live in the blessing of Abraham. You know, God gives us two choices, and this is very common. You know, and very um, I would say it's a common theme throughout the Old Testament. You can either choose blessing or cursing. Choose to be blessed. Because whenever you choose sin and any form of sin, which includes includes homosexuality, deviant behavior, and the LGBTQ community kind of stuff, especially transgenderism, you're choosing a curse. Just because it's politically correct or seen as the be-all-in-all and it's popular, that doesn't mean it's right or appropriate, especially for children. And I'm surprised more parents don't speak up about this stuff. You know, and I'm surprised that, that more people who have not had kids yet are not speaking up about this stuff. Cause I remember when I was a little girl, I mean, our childhood was far from perfect, but it, it wasn't constantly being invaded by social media, the news, and transgenderism, and the homosexual community, and just all this stuff. Like, you know, I didn't pay attention to political stuff until like middle school or high school, and even then, it was just a little bit here and there. I mean, I was interested in like civic studies and things like that, but, you know, we didn't have all this garbage being taught to us. And we also did not have access to it because we were children, and our parents protected us from this trash that's out there. Mind you, this is really interesting, Um, I remember when the Internet was invented, like when we actually got Internet for the first time in our house and it was dial-up. You had to be very patient with the Internet back then (laughs) because you had to wait for that beeping noise and everything. And you had to hope and pray that no one in your house would pick up the phone because the moment someone picks up the phone, your Internet connection got disconnected. I know, isn't that strange? That's so far back in the day, but I remember that. I actually remember having a, um, I guess, a MS-DOS-run computer, and we would actually play Oregon Trail, there were a couple others that we played on these, like, floppy disc-looking things, and that was so much fun. I mean, it's a basic game, but it was just so much fun to see if you make it out west. <laughs> you know, just, it was cool. Now look at what kids play. It's some of the most disturbing games ever. Like they have, what's it called? Oh, I can't think of it. But it's a really trashy video game where it's mostly guys that play it, like stupid punks that play it. Um, Where, is it car theft auto or something like that? And um, they basically act like a thug in this video game. They shoot people. They have sex with prostitutes in the back of cars. And this is for kids. And I'm just like, wow. And we wonder why our society has so many problems. Why there's so much deviant behavior. It's because they're taught it. And it is allowed. And it's considered normal behavior when it's not. So then when someone like you or me stands up and says, hey, that's not normal and I'm not doing that, oh, do we get shamed and blamed? Well, let me tell you this. If God be for you, who dare be against you? It's their problem. Not yours. God will defend you each and every time. And just remember, you need to be a part of a good congregation, like one that actually stands up and believes in God's holy word. And it is a positive experience. If you're not having a positive experience in your church, you need to leave. You need to go find a different church. You need to pray about it. That's what I had to do. I mean, like I said before, God spoke to my heart and said, hey, the reason why you're miserable is because you're in the wrong congregation. That's why there's not unity here. And so when I left, I felt so much better. And I went to a different church. And here's the thing. Don't be surprised if you switch churches multiple times in your lifetime, at least these days. This is not, you know, turn of the century where everybody's um, Puritan or everybody's Catholic and you know you stay in one church and you never leave it. That that's not how it is these days. You have every right to go to whatever church you want to. You need to go where you are spiritually fed. Otherwise, you will you will drown. In your in your faith, you will drown, but not necessarily in your faith, but you will the, the more you drown in misery, I should say, the less faith you will have to fall back on when stuff gets tough in your life. And I think that's sad. Because I don't think anyone deserves to be miserable. No one. So I say, choose life. Choose life. Because if you're choosing misery, you know, you're just walking towards a very miserable death. And I don't mean that to be extreme. But, you know, misery doesn't heal your body. It actually destroys it. So it's very important that we be a part of a good congregation and, and that they teach God's holy word, and they're not just political. You know what I mean? They're not just falling for anything and everything that's going on in society. But they actually call a spade a spade, and they and they have the guts to stand up for what's right, and truly believe in God's holy word. Because I don't understand why someone would claim to be a Christian but not read God's holy word or believe in God's holy word. It's like, well, you know, you know, that's like saying, you know, you are a hiker. But yet you don't own any hiking equipment and you never go hiking, and you don't even know the difference between you know a a valley and a ravine or something. Like it's like if you don't actually practice something, then you then you're not going to know the scoop about it. The more we use our faith, the more we exercise it, the stronger we get in our faith. Amen to that. I love it. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual, until next time. I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.